here, this is Katie Colvin, one half of the dynamic duo K-Squared, and we've created a place for everyday artisans to showcase their passion to create, what got them to where they are now, and basically their life stories. Each week, we will hear from another amazing creator. Get ready to laugh, cry, and be inspired by their journeys. Welcome to a Peace for All podcast. For this week's podcast, we have the extreme pleasure of speaking with Ventress Moore of Lumeria Body Care. He is a man of many talents and a dynamic personality. He and his partner, Lanika, have built an incredible business that we love supporting. Here is Ventress. All right, well, let's get started. Okay. I love it. This is, what, this is, this is the perfect beginning to an interview um, about business because business does not go like a nine to five. So this is an excellent intro to how you have to, uh, what's been overused right now is pivot and do some other things to get the interview going. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're learning. This is the first interview with an artist live. I'm super excited. Oh, um, man. Just a little, <laughs> what? I said, this is awesome. I didn't know that I was the first. This is the first. So, awesome. um, so yeah, I needed, I needed the professional first. So basically, um, I'm Katie, if you guys don't know me, with K-Squared. I'm one half of a duo. Um, my partner's Keisha. We're both jewelry makers. We met at an art show, and we decided to um, come together and work together, design together, and then we started doing art shows together, and that is where Fentress and I met at an art show, and I met him um, about a year and a half ago or a little over that, and I was telling him that we wanted to open this artisan boutique, so we were just opening one boutique. Now we have two, and the first one was in Marietta, Georgia, and, and still is, and I'm here right now with no customers, but that's okay. We're going to open up in just a little bit, hopefully next month. And, um, and so I wanted, I've been wanting to do like a podcast or something to highlight all of our wonderful artisans. In our store, we have all handmade gift items. And a lot of the people we met, like Fentress, we met at an art show and we just love them as people. We love what they do. Um, we love how passionate they are about their products and their products and their their artwork. And so, um, Fentress, I think when we first met, you were kind of like this little white girl, like what? Like <laughs> I mean, I'm the, I am the consummate optimist, but you know, I, I know how, how fun, like, you know, business is when you're vending and we all have these great ideas. And so like, um, ironically, it's actually been two years. It was two years from this month. It was, uh, spring on ponds, um, 2018. That's where we first met. And uh, Lanika, who is the other half of my duo for Lumeria Body Care, um, she likes to pretend like she's going to help me vend at every event. And then after she gets her cup of coffee, uh, somehow she disappears. And so I have um, this little um, lady from Indiana in my booth next to me. And she's like, hi, I'm Katie. And so we end up pretty much talking the entire time that we're vending. She's like, we're going to open up a store. And uh, I like you guys' stuff, and I want you guys to be in there. I was like, well, you know, when it happens, I am 100% on board. And she kept her word, and it's, it's been awesome ever since. Yeah, so a little bit. So whenever Fentress and I get together, we're both talkers. We both are extroverts. Um, I kind of did stalk him at the art show when I met him because I just was, like, drawn to his energy, just drawn to him as a person. Um, you're so, I mean, your voice alone, I mean, we all, I mean, every female of course, is going to love your voice. It's going to draw people in. Um, you do do voiceovers, correct, for books? I do. I do when I'm not um, when I'm not 
washing soap dishes or packaging and labeling products for Lumeria, uh, I do tend to find myself behind a pop filter and a mic from time to time. I do. Yes, that's awesome. So we have great conversations and I thought you'd be the perfect person to have my first um, interview with. And so well, I, the way that I am, as you know, I'm just very much um, an open book and I ask all the questions. I dare, I dare to ask any question that comes up in my mind. So I have no filter, as you know. Um, True. And, and I tend to get a lot of information out of people and I genuinely am interested in people and love hearing their life stories and their backgrounds. And I, we talk about family, religion, everything. Um, so let's just start a little bit about you and where you're from. Okay. Um, I am Georgia born, Georgia schooled, Georgia raised. I was born uh, in Macon, Georgia in 1977 at the Macon Coliseum. Um, my dad uh, was a Vietnam vet, and so he ended up working for uh, the Department of Defense in Warner Robins. My mom was a school teacher. And so I grew up in middle Georgia my entire life. Um, until the age of 18. And then I decided to um, choose the University of West Georgia, which was then West Georgia College, showing my age there, and did four years there. And the natural move for anyone that's in the state and you don't live in the biggest city is, if you have any type of ambition, you choose to, to live in that city. And so I've been here 20 years uh, as of last September. Um, and in Atlanta. In Atlanta. And um, the story as far as where it starts to intersect with uh, Lanika, um, Lanika's story, who is also uh, my mate and business partner, is that we attended West Georgia together. So we got there in 95. We were there for two years. I finished there, and she transferred to another university. And so we, from 1997 to 2011, we had absolutely no contact whatsoever. And so then we, we, we gain contact via Facebook, we meet up, and we noticed that our lifestyles haven't changed much. You know, she had gone from um, being a pescatarian to a vegetarian to a vegan, back to a balanced diet. Um, I, when I was at West Georgia, I was uh, extremely skinny. I had some, some body image issues, and so Ironically, my first professor of health and wellness was a was a was a professional bodybuilder. I mean, how lucky do you get if you're having body image issues and your professor is a bodybuilder? So I was like, hey, you know, what do I need and, to do? And to Chris, get how tall are you? Like, tell everybody. Uh, I'm six six, and so 189 pounds on a six six frame for me that was a bit much. I felt like I was supposed to be on a UNICEF commercial, so I just wasn't really feeling confident about myself between the ages of 18 and 22. And so that's when my lifestyle, you know, started to change. I started really looking up. Um, I started taking down my meat intake, um, really focusing on like a balanced diet, plants, you know, cutting out sodas, uh, simple carbohydrates. And so basically the backdrop to that is once we got together uh, in 2011, by the time January of 2012 rolled around, she was like, hey, um, I work for the state, love my job. Uh, things have changed as far as how retirement will look when I turn 55 or 65. So uh, do you think I can start a business? And I thought it was ironic that she asked me that because Lanika is very, 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 very smart. And so I was like, well, of, of course. I was like, you, you already run finance for the state. I mean, that's a state. So, of course, I think you take the same Excel spreadsheets and start to work, you know, a business. And so um, 
people always like to ask, you know, well, when did you guys get started? And so the first time we vended was December of 2014. But when we really got started was January of 2012 when we started researching. And I would have to take my hat off to uh, Lanique on that one because there were many hours, days, weeks studying ingredients, studying skin conditions, studying suppliers. Like there's so much that goes into starting when you really don't have an idea of how your business is going to look uh for you yeah so that was like the very the very beginning and so that's um area started that was right that's how lumeria started and so we to, to fast forward a bit every year that we were doing business people would always say oh my gosh how long have you guys been in business and whenever i would tell them how long we had been in business they were always like, oh my God, that's unbelievable. And it took me a minute to figure it out. It's that a lot of people start business and you just, you're so amped and you're so geek, you just want to start. And so your research and your starting are running concurrently. But to make your business overperform, you have to exercise patience in the beginning. Because even I doubt it, Lenika, I'll be honest. I mean, I was, I majored in economics, but that doesn't mean that I knew how to run a business. So when she said, oh, I want to start a business, you know, I was ready to go in like 90 days. I was like, okay, well, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and then we're just going to start vending. And she was like, um, no, that's not what we're going to do. So I was like, you're not really serious. And I was supportive of the business, but the day-to-day, -day, I was like, this, this isn't what I envisioned. But as the months went on and as the first year got into the bag, I was like, Oh, I was like, you know, this is what it really takes. So although I'm the face, like, I don't even have a name in Atlanta. You know, my name is Fentress, but I'm the soap guy. So wherever I go, people just point and say, oh, my God, there's the soap guy. And so <laughs> although I'm the face of the business, um, Lanika's a little bit more of an enigma. She's complete production. Um, her creativity uh, is off the chart. Um, I don't want to be... She's the maker. I don't want to deviate too much from business, but a lot of times we're, we're, we're taught in how we're raised in America that, you know, you're either left brain or right brain, you know, you're analytical or you're creative. Everybody has a little bit of both. And you want to see if you can partner with someone that has the part that you may be a little deficient in. And so she is a financial analyst, which is, you know, that's about as briefcase and you know eyeglasses as you can get and then she's in here making all these swirls you know in the soap and all these clothes for bath bombs i'm like dude you know you're like you're like a corporation on your own and so she just got into that like creative she doesn't it's so it's so weird it's like somebody that um good with people great with people loves yes. people but she's she's more of a um she probably identifies more of an introvert um, and of course, obviously, uh, I mean, I've tried. I, I, my sister is an introvert. I've tried to be an introvert. I, I don't, it's not, I just don't know how to do it. It's, it's like don't, you're don't just who try. you are. <laughs> and so I was. <laughs> people. We need both. And I you're biased, Katie. You're biased. But you're right. <laughs> but you're right. It's true. You, you do need both. And so while, um, and it's actually, I'm glad you brought up that point is that. She's a bit uh, of an enigma, as I said earlier. Whenever I'm vending, people are always like, well, gosh, you know, who's the maker? Who's this person? And I'll usually have a picture. And so whenever she'll show up at a farmer's market or she'll show up at a festival, the irony is people will come out just to see her or 
or they will come out and if she's there at the booth, people that would not normally buy who were enamored with the product will buy because she's there. And so what was in, unintentional or really just who she is as a person, it ends up being like a marketing and sales and brand strategy, you know, for what we do is like you have someone that you see all the time, you know, a comfort level is built. And then you're like, well, well where's the lady that, that makes all the magic? And so when she comes out, it's almost like it's her birthday, you know, every time. You're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, is, is this the person that he's talking about all the time? And she's like, yes, it's me. And then it just goes from there. Yeah, she is a beautiful woman. And I think, um, I think, you know, just because you're introverted doesn't mean you're not good with people or you can't be good with people. Right. Partner Keisha is an introverted extrovert. So she right. is, she needs her downtime. But when she's like one-on-one -on -one with somebody, she is the most outgoing, oh, fun, awesome. you know, lady ever. So, um, so you guys work well together. And, and Lanika kind of came up with the concept of the body care. And you both, are you both, um, okay, so you're not vegan, but your skincare is vegan, correct? Yeah, our skincare is completely plant-based. Um, we, as far as our personal lifestyle, um, we eat, you know, pretty much normal just to be, you know, transparent. We don't, um, personally, we don't do any pork, but we do, you know, partake in a little chicken and a little beef, but we're very heavy where that portion is small. We really focus on getting a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of herbs. We take a lot of live supplements, um, drink a lot of water because, if you're, if you're going to be in skincare or body care, it's, it's really difficult to have a counter lifestyle to what you're selling because it's going to show up in your skin. And so, you know, how can I come to a market and have issues with skin when it's something that's in my control, something as easy as diet? And so um, the Lumeri was, we first wanted to do food. I think that's important to say. We first oh, wanted to do a food business. We wanted to do a food truck and the barrier to entry on a food truck was a little bit higher than a barrier to entry for, for, um, body care. But it also helped us get into a niche where when people think about, Oh, I'm vegan. I would say, I would say about eight to nine times out of 10, you're thinking about what you're eating. It's rarely that you're like, Oh, I'm vegan. And you're thinking about what's going into your pores. And so yeah. you have thousands of pores that are being attacked. Like while you and I are talking right now, our skin is fighting off something, you know, that is not supposed to get in. But you have That's more control of whatever goes into your mouth, you know. And so I really try to push the fact that it's just as important on what you're rubbing in your skin as what you're eating. Um, and a lot of people may not know this, but the skin is considered in a lot of circles as the third kidney. And so it's really there to kind of help process, you know, so toxins, you know, don't get in and start to, you know, contaminate your organs or your blood. And so once we got into that space of wanting to do plant-based, then the next thing was we knew that people were suffering from skin conditions. We knew that people were looking for options that were um, devoid of parabens and sulfates and synthetics. But uh, Lanique and I are kind of jazzy personalities. So a lot of people think when they go natural, they kind of have to just like go full hippie. And we wanted to let them know you can retain some style. Uh, you can actually even go, which we, we have gotten a space that we call eco-luxury, you know, where you can go and, and be ecological in how you live and still have a luxurious element to it. So when you look at our soaps, you look at our bath bombs, you look at our packaging, our display, we want to be able to go on what they call... Uh, the rich wing in Linux. You know, we want to feel like a Nimes. We want to feel like a St. John's. We want to feel like a Saks. It shouldn't just be because it's something that's nice. It's like you can have nice and still be affiliated 
uh, with nature. I love it. Yeah, your product is that. Your product is like amazing quality. Love all your products. And, um, and let's talk a little bit about them. So right now in our stores and online on our website, we have your soaps, your bath bombs, your candles are amazing. And I know you have some other products as well that we're going to hopefully be getting in the store. And there was like a, you said a serum that you guys have as well. Yes, there is a serum. And right before I go into the serum, this is just part of our core values in our mission statement. There's two things that don't show up on our labels that we we firmly believe from a, a, a spiritual and a universe and a natural standpoint that are important. And that's quality is an ingredient and love is an ingredient. When, when Lanika first started making soap, she would hug the soap loaves for like <laughs> two to three minutes and talk to them and, and really get into a space of like, you know, this, I want the energy that's in my body to transfer through to my product, you know, to help people, you know, heal their skin. And so a lot of people don't think that, that, that it's real, but I've watched it as whenever she would be in a bad space or she would get into the lab and she wasn't really feeling it, she would stop production immediately. You know, she really believed that you have to really be in like a mental and emotional space to really make great products. And That's so, what he told me when we met, and I was like, right. "That's so true." Because when I'm making jewelry, I'm it, it really does uplift me and de-stress me, and I'm always like right. happy making jewelry. So right. I can't do it when I'm in a negative space. You must have been in a good mood when I met you because you were making jewelry in the booth when we were at, at East Plaza. I was like, "Dude, you're, you're making jewelry while you're busy. What are you doing?" Like, this is just, yeah. it's just, it's just what I have to do. But to yeah. your point, um, we have a we started out with one skin center. Um, now we have two. One is carrot seed and one is Lang Lang. And these serums are, if they were mainstream, uh, people would use the word anti-aging. Um, I use it when I'm selling. I try to pull away from it because it is kind of overdone. But it, it's very simple. Carrot seed oil helps to relax the collagen in your skin. And so if you're dealing with any type of smile lines or you're trying to prevent them, or if you're dealing with any type of crow's feet or you're trying to prevent them, then you would apply this oil. I put it on every night. Now, I don't know that I'm aging quickly or slowly. I just I know that. <laughs> I, that's what they tell me, right? And so when I tell people I owe them, they're like, it's impossible. And I was like, well, dude, I, I, I can't really say that it's the serum, but I do put it on every night. But I wipe the serum on my face before I go to bed every night because I like about the age of 24. If I could look 24 for the rest of my life, then I would definitely do that. So that's why I put the serum on every night. But ironically, I didn't really think it was going to be um, a, a, a hit because like I was telling you, anti-aging is always kind of overblown in a lot of spaces and people don't really trust the phrase, you know, that much unless you're spending like, you know, 70, 80 or three figures. You got it from Neiman's or you got it from Sachs or Burke yeah, We're all trying to put on our skin, whatever. Right, works. to put on your, your best Anything face, right? <laughs> And so when people are like, oh, it's, you know, this is, you know, this is, you know, just shy of 20 bucks, it can't be. And then once people buy it, once they try it, um, I had a lady that I met three years ago, uh, three weeks ago, she just bought four, you know, just out of the way. She's like, I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the year. So I want to get mine right now. She lives um, up in Buford and her and I built a great relationship uh, probably in 2015, 2016. And She's like, I swear by it. She's like, I tell all my friends. And she's actually in the medical profession. So I know it helps her in a very stressful, yes. you know, very stressful job. And the plus of it is not only does it help you to uh, retard the aging process, if you have any 
um, minor nicks, cuts, burns, abrasions, it helps to accelerate the healing process. So if you want something that is analogous to Neosporin, but you don't want to use Neosporin, then the skin serum that we carry is an absolute awesome replacement uh, for that. Ooh, I cannot wait to get it. So we will be getting that in our store. Oh, yeah, we have to get into the store. I can't believe we don't even have it in the store yet. That's yep. that's all on me. But let's talk about, like, so your candles are soy. That's correct. The candles are 100% soy. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now. Yeah, we do. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, a lot of times body care, and body care is definitely, has been geared traditionally for women. Um, and although we didn't want to create an absolute separate bucket or basket for men, I try to really consult men that come to the table and help them understand that a woman wants a man that grooms. Um, yes. You know, masculinity, masculinity, <laughs> masculinity has its limits, you know, and so at some point, soap, water, um, some shampoo, uh, a great moisturizer is really going to do you some good. And so the biggest thing that, that we, that I have to spend time doing is helping men not get fooled by some of the scents, not getting fooled by the company colors, come in and, you know, buy what speaks to you. And so we have, um, we started the business. Why not buy natural? Well, and that's, and you know I think I mean? when, like, I think when natural comes, it's, it's like you have, because men aren't raised to be groomers in a sense, it's like, I have to kind of dig a little deeper to kind of get them, you know, to buy in. And so what's really easy, if they're married to someone or they're dating someone who is natural, who is plant-based, they're a much easier sell because I'm a guy. And I can say, okay, well, look, you know, if she's doing this thing, you know, why would you not want to do this for your regimen as well? And so um, the man, which is the first male scent that we offered at the launch of the business, uh, I always make this joke when women buy the man, a lot of women buy the man for themselves. Uh, I would say about maybe 35 to 40 percent of women that buy the man candle, soap, or butter uh, buy it for themselves, and then they always kind of have this sheepish grin. I'm like, well, look, if you need me to sign the NDA agreement, I'll do it. I won't tell anybody <laughs> that you're indulging in this masculine scent. And a lot of times they'll get it, and then they'll come back and say, okay, my husband has started dipping and dabbing in my product. I'm going to let him have that, and now I need my own. And so it's a, um, it's a great marketing tool because it picks, up, it picks up a household where you had a single customer at an address. Now you pick up two or three depending on the gender makeup, you know, in the home. And so the man was it's the first true. thing that we, we love the up. smell, the masculine smell. So oh mahogany coconut is my favorite. Yeah, mahogany coconut is, whoo, mahogany coconut, as great as the man is, mahogany coconut and around midnight are like if nothing happened this year and everything went as normal the man would be dusted right now because around midnight and mahogany coconut over the holiday last year just simply i could not keep it in stock like every time i was coming from an event i was like lanika you're gonna have to get back in the lab buddy because i don't have anything and i was threatened while i was out and i you know i believed them when they threatened me so we need to go ahead and get this stuff back in stock and get it out here on the shelves and so Mahogany coconut is um, great. I have a, I have, I actually have um, a lady that's an esthetician, and she uses it in her business. And we're able to drive customers just because she uses it with her customers. Are like, oh my god, what is that smell? And then they get me on the phone, and then I have to, I have to make a move at that point. Yeah. Well, 
I think it's funny that you can sell a man-scented soap to women because they love to just, if you don't have a man or your man's not around, it's like, nice <laughs> right. man, you know? it's so funny. But then guys get on board when they see it and they smell it and they're like, oh yeah, but I, I have to tell you, I have a personal trainer, Max. Hi, Max, if you're mm -hmm. out there. Um, and he, he's like, I have acne on my back and I stopped using my soap you know, and I gave mm -hmm. him your soap. And he's like, I stopped using my soap and I got, it got better. I'm like, well, use this soap instead. And it's totally cleared up. So if you're wow. on acne on your skin and you, um, you know, you want to like smell good and smell nice for a female, right. your soaps and your body butters and your candles, everything um, are just, just amazing products. And it's so well-priced. It's not, your products are not, super expensive at all, but you have such good quality ingredients in there. So yeah. I just tell people like, I love the skincare that we have in our store because it's made with love and it's made by people that we adore, but the, the quality of the products and the fact that it's all natural and it works, it's, it just makes sense. And it's not overly priced. Um, and yeah, you're supporting love, which yeah, is what we're about. And that's so the, what's been your I'll biggest obstacle do you guys in your guys's business? Uh, wow, you know, that's a good question. Let me think of that for a minute. There's a lot of um, obstacles, as we know, for entrepreneurs and for business yeah, owners. I want to say, off the top of my head, maybe, you know, I'm going to go with one that kind of kind of chaps my, <laughs> kind of grinds my gears a little bit, is finding, finding placement. I know that's a little superficial. Um, I could say, you know, finding quality vending events that are just geared towards natural, but that's a little, a little selfish, but I would say, I would say placement. Um, the product is good enough to, uh, go massive, like into like, you know, big box retailers, but we like the small batch concept, but then on the smaller side, um, until we started in 2014, there weren't really any places that were geared or places were just popping up that were geared towards, okay, you have something plant-based or you have something that's nice and it would, it would, it, it could go in a gift shop, but it's not an exact match. And so the yeah. biggest thing is finding those boutiques that are really geared towards like what K square does that are consigning, that are looking at crafters that are looking at things that are unique, that are one of a kind. And I would mm -hmm. say sourcing that has probably in my mind, because that's what I believe will take us to the next level. Sourcing that has been, the most uh, difficult thing um, that we've had to do. Um, I would say second on that list is um, because we are plant-based and because plants are commodities, sometimes pricing gets a little sticky when you're ordering, you're looking at shipping times, you're looking at when things are grown, and sometimes you're not always able to get the type of price that you want, but because you're trying to bring a value or we're trying to bring a value to our customer base, um, we'll absorb some of that from time to time because we want to be able to get people to come in and not feel like they're being um, gouged, which is to your point earlier. We could, I tell people all the time, you can take what we sell and you could put it someplace else and you would very easily pay 40, 50, maybe even double um, because that part of it is people playing on the emotions of people that care about themselves and their families. They play more on the emotion of, oh my gosh, 
Um, is there anything synthetic? Oh my gosh, are there chemicals? Oh my gosh, my son has eczema, my daughter has psoriasis. And so we wanted to make it to where, yes, it needs to be priced to where you see the value in it, but we didn't want to outprice it to where people that really want to get where they need to be skin wise um, can't do it. You know, and so that yeah. was that was our biggest thing was finding something that was that was a value, not necessarily not nearly the cheapest, um, but not gouging, you know, at the same time. And so we wanted to kind of use our business to help people. Um, one lady came by and she's like, oh, my gosh, she's like, you know, your, your products are so expensive. And I said, no, I said our products are valuable. I was like, and if you value your skin and you value your health, then you'll make that investment in what you find to be of value to you. And I think at the time she wasn't really happy with my answer, but um, it's just true. It just depends on what is important to you as an individual. Yeah, I mean, for, for our costs, when we make things here, we're not getting anything from China. We're, we're, we're making everything by hand as artisans. Right. So I think, I think that all the artisans in our store, including Keisha and I, as a small business, those are big things for us. Where is our niche? You know, where are our customers? How can we appeal to them with this local handmade, this quality product, this unique product? How can we, how can we find those customers? And then also, like you said, just how do we price our product? You know, like we right. can't a lot of times take in the time. Like when Keisha and I make pieces, like mm -hmm. jewelry pieces, we can't take into consideration the time and pay ourselves for the time because we just wouldn't make right. we, pieces would be hundreds of dollars. And I think that's Definitely. what it is. A lot of our makers, they spend countless hours um, perfecting wow. their craft and, and making their products. And they have to price them to be able to sell as well, but they have to we have to make a business of it. So I think right. those are two huge obstacles for most of the artisans we have. Um, yeah, it's the value. I agree with you on that. It's definitely the value to, to your point about the time, because I would say with jewelry making, and I might be a little biased because I, um, I, well, I know you and I know jewelry makers in general that I've known over the years. And it's like, I'm looking at how intricate, you know, it is to get everything to to look nice and no one is thinking about that investment of um, that one resource that no one can get back. You know, once this second is gone, it's, it's been spent, you know, it's no way I can go back and get that second. And so that's probably, I would round it out as, as number three is I, I know where the customers are. It's just trying to get that, uh, that best mechanism to get in front of people that really like things that are handcrafted, um, that are locally made um, and that tend to have some type of, um, eco or sustainability uh, realm to them. And what I and I wanted to ask you too, like, what would you say you're passionate about? Like, what are you guys passionate about? You you have it plant based for a reason. Like in life, I mean, you have. I think you have a lot of passions in life. Let's just talk about some of your passions and the passion of of Blumeria. Um, that's a <laughs> that's a good that's a that's a great question. Um, we are. I'm. I'm. All my life, I've been just like super um just bright just you know fun loving you know it's just i just from the beginning from the first day of kindergarten up to right now i've just always been like um when you see fireflies at night it's not the same firefly and i'm just doo -doo 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 -doo. and it's it's mine is just life i really um people love to be around me but i draw energy from people you know i love people i love you know humanity and so my biggest thing is um it's really farm life. Like that's my biggest, 
my biggest thing. I allow myself to get caught up in corporate. You know, I allow myself to like um, buy into a lot of fears and excuses on why I haven't started planning. But that's that's how I grew up. You know, my um my paternal not my paternal my maternal grandparents um had an active farm. You know, when I was a kid, so I love animals. I love goats. I love sheep. No, you I wanted love... a goat when I met you. You're like, yeah, oh, I want. You know, I want. I want. Goat. I want to be. It's like coming to America. I just want to be a goat herder. I mean, if I could just be a goat herder, then I've I've done my job. You know, and I just want to do voiceovers for my goats to help them. You know, grow great wool and have great milk. So that's that's really my my biggest passion is is really trying to become become one with nature you know that's one of my my biggest things is to get people um and it might be a little selfish but it, it helps the planet i want to get people to get the life that i had as a kid you know it was just you know i always knew my mom taught for over 40 years and she would always come home and tell me that a lot of her students um thought that food started at the grocery store and in my mind it could never make sense because I'd already seen it the other way, but I understood. And I was like, wow, I was like, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that kids don't know where eggs come from or where milk comes from. And so, um, ironically, I've talked to some teachers in the last three to five years and I've been here four decades on this earth and it's still the same thing. You know, a lot of children just don't know how their food and how their body care gets to them. And so, um, I kind of feel like I've been put here, you know, if I would uh, pay attention to the universe and listen to it, that to, to help people, I'm the medium that's going to help people really appreciate nature, you know, whether it be plant life or, or whether it be the animal life. Um, I would say second, of course, obviously in this interview, I like to talk. And so I thought since I talked so much for free, the first three decades of my life, maybe I should get paid for it. So I really enjoy narrating. I enjoy um, narrating audiobooks. I enjoy narrating anything that people would consider boring because I have the personality or I've been told <laughs> that I have the personality to make things that are super duper mundane and super duper, I don't want to do this um, better. And I'll just do a quick pivot. I, um, I was getting my insurance license uh, in 1999. And so on my commute from Lawrenceville to Marietta you can imagine how that was in 99 I um had like an hour it took me an hour to get to work an hour home so I would listen to this guy on tape and this guy sounded like he wanted to do everything else but tell me how to pass my insurance exam and I was like man if I ever get an opportunity if I ever get an opportunity to narrate anything it'll never sound like this I was like there's I was like the only reason I'm going to pass this test is because I want to pass it it's not because this guy is motivating me to want to pass yeah. it. And so that was one of those uh, pivots uh -huh. mentally in my life where I was like, you know what, if I ever get an opportunity to get recorded, I was like, let's, let's make it fun. Let's make it engaging. Let's make it like, oh my gosh, as soon as I finish listening to this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to make a hundred on this test. And so that was one of the things in my early adulthood where I was like, you know, this is something I have control over. I can change it. And so ironically, or not ironically, it's apropos that, you know, the majority, the lion's share of my work, um, is e-learning, which is absolutely boring to everyone. But I've worked in corporate America. I've sat through so many trainings where, and I love to learn. If I go to sleep, you just wasted your money. Whatever corporation I worked at, you you, you completely wasted your money. Because if I go to sleep, then everybody's going to go to sleep. Exactly. And so, I was, and so I was like, you know, so now that's what I spend, you know, the majority um, of my time doing. And I would say that Lanika and I together, uh, our passions, we really like, um, we like kids um, as far as like looking at the evolution of how you allow kids to develop and grow. Um, I like the era they were in as far as technology. 
um, and their access to information. And so um, has two kids, correct? Yes, Lanika has Lanika has um, two sons. It's uh, Jackson, who is thirteen, and William, who is eleven. Um, I call them boys, boys. Um, I was a little more docile as a kid. These are these. <laughs> My sons remind me of kids I used to play with. They're very rough, very tumble, but at the same time, um, very empathetic. You know, they, they really work well with people, um, not so much with each other, but they work well with people and um, they, they have talents that, I mean, I was considered gifted as a kid. And if you're going like per age, like where they are at 11 and where they are at 13, they blow me clear clear out of the water. I mean, what I see in them is like what I feel like I would see in five or six people growing up. I mean, they have so many gifts and talents that they're just here. I can't. How long Lanika have you been in their life? Um, I, it's been eight years. When I met Lanika, Jackson was five and William was three. And their personality was... Adventurous, because that's Say not what easy. now? Oh, no, it, it, it's, 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 it's not... not it's it's it was easy and it becomes more difficult when they get to like teenage level but what worked for me oh excuse me what worked for me was and this is kind of getting a little off topic i i believe in the way i'm built because i've dated women before who had children already and my thing is in my mindset if you love the person you're dating then you love their children and I know everybody doesn't see life that way, but I'm like, if that, if they're a part of who you are and I'm attracted to you, then it's my job because I'm coming in and disrupting their life, not the other way around. And so um, not to go too deep, but everyone gets along, you know, their, their father is very active, you know, in, in their life and he and I um, get along very well. And so it's, it's, it's a great synergy, you know, all the way around. And um, they vend, you know, um, they love to get in there. They, they always want to handle the money. You know, nobody wants to make soap. And I tell them about that all the time. The, the nursery rhyme about the chicken who went through the farmyard and asked all the animals to help her bake bread. And she was like, hey, I got to go plant the wheat. And they're like, oh, that's okay. So, oh, I got to go harvest it. Oh, oh, I got to bake it. And they're like, oh, I won't help. And there was time to eat. Everybody comes up and they want, they want to eat. And she's like, well, you can't have any because you didn't help me do the whole thing. And so they, they come in and they like to handle the cash box. Like, oh, where's the cash box? So let me, let me take the money. Let me start the card. But I like that they're interested. You know, because in my generation, um, there wasn't that much exposure to, there wasn't in a lot of circles, in mine there was, but when I looked holistically, there wasn't a lot of exposure to, to like really like, kidpreneurs was like a thing now, but 30 or 40 years ago, yes. you know, it wasn't even anything that was on the radar, you know, but you have to teach kids financial literacy if you want them to be successful because corporate looks different for me uh, as it looked different for my parents, as it looked different for my you know, grandparents. And so we have to really take that into account. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of summarize a little bit and then I'm going to ask you one more question. The okay. ultimate question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so basically, um, so basically you're a making boy, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you are anything but I would say um, typical, I don't know, like you're just, you're just, on another level is what I call you. I think. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, no one knows I where I'm from. They always line. I just think you're wonderful. I think you and what you and Lumika do, as far as um, your product and what you guys create with Lumeria, is amazing. But also, right. I think your family is beautiful, and the fact that you have a blended family and you took 
on her two children and you get along with her ex-husband and mm -hmm. you just, you, when you talk about those boys, her boys, they're like your boys and you can feel and see the love. And I oh, think yeah. that you have like such this amazing energy and beautiful life. And I, I think okay. you're so interesting in so many ways. And I think when you say, you know, your passion is kind of farms and farming. And when we, we've talked, you've said, that you have friends that are farmers, like black farmers, yeah. and you're a six foot yeah. six black man in Atlanta, Georgia, that loves goats. Like it's not, you're not like your everyday. Oh man, you're never gonna see it. Like I'm, I'm out of place everywhere I go. Like since <laughs> since kindergarten, it's like I finally accepted the fact because I was always trying to blend, and that was um, it's to your point. I was always because I didn't know. I'm speaking as a 43 year old now, but as I because I didn't know, it was always like. I always was trying to make other people comfortable because I know I didn't like being uncomfortable, but it made me uncomfortable because I have to always kind of like turn my light down in a lot of different settings because I just, I wasn't like anybody around me. I mean, it's almost like I got dropped off and, and, and then my mom just was like, okay, yeah, you just happen to look like me, but this is totally, you're totally not because my, I tell my mom, I got to tell this, my mom is, is an educator. So, you know, she is just like, you, you know what, an educator is, is like stereotypically and so my mom was always taking me to museums and you know going to etiquette classes and you know I was reading a lot of books and so um when Fresh Prince came out um she wasn't a big tv watcher she only watched like nature pictures um and like local access you know she was completely like a reader and just working on her craft of being an instructor and so one day she comes by the tv and um Carlton and Will are on the television at the same time and so I was like, Mom, I know it hurts you for me to have to tell you this. I was like, you want me to be Carlton, but I'm Will. And she watched it, and she was like, oh, my God, you're right. But that's just, everybody used to, when I first moved to Atlanta, people would always call me the broke Will Smith. That, that, I heard that for, like, three years straight. And I was like, man, I'd rather be the rich Pinterest. But I was like, I guess I have to take it right now because, you know, I'm just starting out in corporate America. But everybody has always just made that comparison of just, you know, I haven't really met anybody, uh, anybody like you. And so um, I will give a sneak peek. I can't say when it's going to happen, but I have some awesome ideas. When I start farming, um, I'm farming at the house right now. But when I actually like go out outside of the city, um, yeah. I've got a plethora uh, of ideas that will that will make farming um, a little more palatable to this generation than how we viewed it in, in, in decades past. So just I want you to I'm giving you the exclusive. I want, you to, I want you to keep out an eye for that. And you guys have been doing a little bit of gardening in the backyard, you said. Oh, right? yes. I've been, um, I've, been, I've been doing some composting uh, so that the, the ground can be really ready. Um, and we've got some fruits and some vegetables, some herbs. Um, of course, uh, Lanika has some flowers that she wants that are bright and that will be on the front porch. So people are like, oh, my gosh, look at the house. But I'm, I'm trying to reduce my grocery bill. So I am focused on what I can consume. And eventually like we want to be able to, we want to be able to grow a lot of the herbs and plants that we use in our products so that we can get our expenses down in our business, you know, and start sourcing fewer items and fewer ingredients. And so it's always up for us. It's like the circle of life. We want to go as vertical as we can. We want to be able to do everything as much as we can in-house. And then we only want to step out and have to involve other people or other businesses. We, we, we want to exhaust our gift. And once we see that we just can't go any further as two people, 
Um, and this will kind of segue into, or not segue, but segue into the next thing. You have to have a minimum of two people. If you're going to start a business, you have to have a minimum of two people. I kind of think it was a little criminal um, when I started school in 95, went to college, and um, Bill Gates was the, the, the billionaire of that era. Um, I followed him very closely. And the way Forbes or the way Fortune would or uh, tries to dictate how entrepreneurship looks, it always looks like a singular activity. But, you know, if you don't have a Steve Vaughn, Paul Allen, uh, you don't have a Bill Gates, you know. And so there's always going to be a guy that's a front guy, and then there's a guy that's an operations guy. So I would like to tell anybody, if you're going to start a business, um, I'm a little biased. I think two women will, will always do better than any other combination because there's a little bit more of attention to detail um, in, in, in the feminine energy. And so I would say you have to have a minimum of two people to be successful. If you want to make a consistent six figures, seven, eight, nine, there has to be a minimum of two heads working from the beginning. And you and need women then, around you. You have to have it. Um, I don't want to offend any men that are watching the live, but I'm telling you, you we, we have to deal with it head on. You know, women, overwhelmingly, I've been across this entire state. Um, and it's so ironic that when you look at your fortunes and your Forbes and your entrepreneurs, a lot, or Inc., or Fast Company, you're interviewing a lot of men. But when I'm out on the front lines, pitching a tent, pitching weights, going to different festivals, Savannah, Rome, all over Metro Atlanta, the vast majority, the vast majority of successful business people, it's women. I'm usually one of the few, one of the few, few men that's, that's out there vending. And it's by default because really, you know, I always say that even though we co-own it, I always put um, Lanika as the lead because that's really what I think has to happen to get that type of exposure. You know, I think that everybody. Women are the consumers. So you yeah. definitely need women you have, if you don't have women surrounding you, you need women at the table for sure and we've discussed that before yeah, they, um, they got they got to do something you know because you can't just have them just kind of like over there at the corner of the tent. you know I'll, I'll hide although it's very hard for me to do i'll, I'll hide and I'll, I'll push lanika out and then she's like no i don't want to do it i'm tired i'm sleepy but you know i um it's amazing that she allows me to like to to, to be myself because i'm a handful sometimes you know what i'm saying i, I kind of don't have an <laughs> off switch and i know that no, i tell people yeah. like, look if i'm I'm like, if I'm talking too much, let me know. And be honest with you, about eight to nine times out of 10, people don't tell me to stop talking. So I, I guess I'm kind of doing, you know, okay. But I really just like to, um, I like to share information. I'm like, if I know it then, and I believe it's going to help you, then I'm going to tell you. I think a lot of times in general or the way capitalism is set up is that uh, whether you're, you know, African descended or European descended here in America, you're dealing from like a, a mental space of like scarcity. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, if, if, I do, if I tell them this, then I won't be able to get this or that. But if you look at life more from a space of abundance, like every spring, everything comes back. Like every spring, everything comes back. As long as I've been living, everything comes back every spring. And that's how I look at business. It's like, I'm not going to, I mean, outside of like, you know, NDA or trade secrets, you know, I get that. But like just general information is going to improve the quality of someone's life, you know, share it. You know, and if you feel like they're going to, you know, beat you to the punch, then, you know, you probably need to either get up earlier, you know, or stay up later or both. You know, it's, it's always a remedy to the situation. Yeah. So that's kind of some life advice. And my last question is always going to be, what is some life advice you've heard along the way? And I think you shared a few mm -hmm. things, um, you know, just being, having the body issues and, 
you know, mm -hmm. overcoming that and being unique and kind of overcoming that. And, um, you know, not just, I think you've accepted more of who you are and you're, you're confident oh, in who you are and you kind of, you know, that's something you've had to learn along the way, but what's some advice that you would give that you've learned along the way that you want to put out there for people? Um, I would say one, one is, is, is know thyself. And what I mean by that is, you know, you want to find out, you know, who you are as a person. Um, the sooner you, you look inside of yourself and are honest about who you are, um, honestly, um, as a bad person and as a good person, then you start to really kind of feel, feel what type of entrepreneur you will be. And so if you are able to do some self-work at the same time that you're doing work on your business, um, you'll be amazed if you become a better human being overall, that's going to permeate into your business. And yeah. a, a sub point to that is, is patience. Um, I am a, I'm, I'm patient with myself, but like with the business and how we have the now, 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 patience is, is, is key. And I'll go back to what I said. Ooh, I don't have patience. Yeah. That you, you and Lanika share the, she was able to do it for the business, but in everyday life, she is a whoosh. I mean, she is a mover. I'm like, dude, you've got to slow down. I was like, because I can't keep up. And so my thing is that she taught me the first two years where you want to, you're just biting at the bit and you want to go out. We were able to, the reason our business always looks like it operates older than it is, where we probably could have gotten started in six months or a year or 18, we took 24 months of everyone around us doubting what we were doing. And it was, it was a, the, the, first, the first 12 were, were difficult because people are conditioned to like, it's, you know, when you say, oh, I'm starting a business, it's like, you're just going to go out and you're going to be in Neiman's at Linux like the next weekend. And like mentally, that's just impossible. And so on the back of knowing who you are, knowing who you'll become as an entrepreneur, patience is something that you do not, you, you have to go all the way with your research. Um, I, I, you have to re, like, you have to fall in love with research. There, there's no way that you can be as successful as you possibly can in your business. Either you do it or someone that loves you enough to do it for you. You have to research early in the morning to late at night. And the reason I say that it's that you should do it is because I'm looking at generations before us who were successful and there was no internet. It, it has never been an easier time to get to the market faster than, than today. Tomorrow to be even faster. So why not take the time to be patient, do your homework, and then you don't have to be Making one of the companies that doesn't make it to the five-year mark. You know, we made it to the five-year mark, so we're, we're considered successful. But the, the irony, the reason I'm linked up with Lanika is because we had our best year financially last year. My personality is, you know, find me a bottle of uh, Uncle Nearest and um, I'm going to lay out in the sun and I'm going to take a few cocktails. And she's like, OK, so what do we need to do to double what we did last year and how soon can we get started? I'm like, dude, we just had our best. We just had our best year. You're not just like, ah, we can do that once we're doing, you know, 80 or 100 or 250. And so that's what you, you have to have that eternal burn, you know, in, in, in your body to really want to make quality product and the way we do it is we focus on the customer i know it sounds cliche but if you're not solving problems 
then you're not going to make as much money as you would like. You know, there's a lot of people that suffer from, you know, eczema, just to, to name one really quickly outside the life lesson point. And you, you find out, you, you find that pain point, you know, that causes a lot of self-esteem issues. It's a lot of self-esteem issues centered around eczema because of the places that it affects you. And so once you can start to relate to people on what's going to help them um, become uh, more marketable or feel better about themselves or uh, minimize some bullying, unfortunately, then you start to speak to that pain and you center your, your products and your focus around helping people have a better quality of life. And that will, that will serve you in any business that you uh, choose to go into, especially if it's one and in life, you know, life is about helping others. That that's what we're yeah, here and, for. And I think the time that we're in now, we're, we're seeing, you know, where certain people's values lie, lie there. You know, you're looking to, you, I've always lived by, and I was taught this way, you, you know, you always, you always speak to the janitor and the lunch lady. No matter what you do, you always speak to the janitor and the lunch lady, because those are the people that never get any accolades, but if they stop doing what they're doing, your life will be a living hell. So you have to give them, you know, that respect. And I want to, you know, also give a shout out to, um, healthcare workers, I have doctors, blood, you know, blood relatives that are doctors and nurses and physicians. And so um, watching their humanity every day via social media lets me know that there's still a group of people out there that really care about um, everyone and they want everyone to, uh, to live their best life, as, as they like to say in this day and age. And as you know, K-Square has a GoFundMe right now that you have donated um, your products to, to the health yes, we did, the we did. workers. Um, at the two local hospitals here. So we're putting wellness gifts together and you've contributed and a lot of our artists, artisans have contributed even though this is a really tough time for a lot of right. them. So it just, it does go to show the humanity and how people are still helping each other during this time. And yeah. we just, you know, just need to be positive and plant a garden and-, and You're right, and plant a garden. Things, you know, <laughs> But we can. Definitely. It's, it's to your point, it's tough, but you're right. It's even tougher in the emergency room, you know? And yeah. so I'm, I'm so glad that you guys put that together. And that kind of speaks to why I was excited about, about you wanting to host our products in your store. You know, um, although we know we have great products, we still practice a fair amount of humility because we always know that there's some little Anika or some little Fentress around there somewhere who's, you know, looking to, to come and do what we're doing and if not better. And so... I'm so glad that I met you when I did because life is honestly, it's just been better, you know, because we had been, we've been looking to get places in stores for years and we just weren't, no one was really, it's like, oh yeah, it looks great. But, and you didn't even really give me an option. You're like, Hey, I'm opening a store and your products are going to be in it. And so I just felt like it was more of a mandate <laughs> than a request, you know, and I just want to let everybody know, you know, don't, Katie, it's, it's the eyes. I'm telling you guys, do not look Katie directly in the eyes. Whatever she asks, it's going to happen. So you have to be, you have to be very careful. You should wear shades when you go see Katie. That's all I'm going to tell you. Well, I love you, Ventress. I love I, you too, Katie. I think, and give my love to Lanika. And I, I will. appreciate your time and you being on this our first Instagram live. And this has been a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll have It has some been more. for me too. Um, some more interviews with you in the coming years um, when you guys are your multi-million dollar company. Yeah, I'm expecting to be a multi-million dollar company um, by Christmas. So yeah, so definitely okay. <laughs> definitely keep us on the map and see if we can make okay. the miraculous happen. The holidays. Sounds great. Exactly. <laughs>
Okay, big air hug. I wish I could give you a big hug. You just um, have to reach around your phone. Uh, there you go. Actually, be more like this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so it's been great. Thank you so much. Make sure to check out Lumeria's body care line on our site.